You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Well, um, today, what are we going to do? Same thing we do every night, Pinky. Try to take over the world. Well, we're not going to take over the world, but we are going to do the same thing we do every night, uh, which is talk about quarterbacks. Um, and I want to hit on lots of them. And by lots, I mean three, but maybe more than that. We'll see how it goes. For starters, I want to discuss Aaron Rodgers because he was on the Pat McAfee show. And I swear I was listening to the Packernet podcast when I was listening to this show. I'm listening to Rodgers talk and I'm like, Okay, I'll just push play and let you take over the show tomorrow. So that's kind of how we're going to start the show today. I'm going to let him say it, and I'll just sit back and go, I freaking told you. You guys don't listen. You don't listen, but I told you. So before I just push play and let this thing ride out for a little bit, let me set the stage for you. Not only, if you remember, I was talking through this thing, and I was like, wait a minute. Did he ever say when he was going on his retreat? I don't think he ever said that, right? So it might be this week, as in there won't be a Pat McAfee Tuesday because he's going to go on Monday. It might be a month from now. We have no idea because I don't think he said it. But it goes deeper than that because I've been fighting with people for I don't know how long about the fact that all these people talking about Aaron Rodgers and having insight, even though none of them actually said they have inside sources, people are just pretending they do, but whatever. They don't know anything. Nobody knows anything. Everybody is speculating and making crap up. And apparently there was even somebody, I think it was Ian Rappaport, I didn't even see it, came out and said, according to his source, uh, Rodgers is going out on Monday. So this is now him saying, I do have a source from the inside giving me information. And even that is BS. I've been telling you for I don't know how long that we nobody knows anything. The Packers are not, the Packers don't know anything and they can't do anything. There's nothing that we can know. The only breaking news is that the Packers are exploring options, which we don't know that. The only thing that's been said is it's presumed that they are. And we know that the Jets are interested and there was a report that the Jets did reach out to the Packers. But none of this is breaking news because this is common sense because obviously they're going to want to be able to make some phone calls to kind of figure out where they stand if Rodgers does decide to play or not play or whatever, or want to be traded. There can't be any news until Rodgers figures out what he wants to do and he doesn't know what he wants to do yet. And everybody wants to insist that there's all this breaking news and everybody knows everything and when there's smoke, there's fire and there's all this smoke even though there hasn't been the tiniest puff of smoke. There can't be any news until Rodgers decides what he wants to do and he hasn't decided what he wants to do, okay? So here's Rodgers setting the record straight, primarily on the fact that this report that he was going on this retreat was Monday, and apparently he went on Pat McAfee, this is just based on what I'm hearing here, and Ian or somebody said, well, he must have pushed it back. That's BS. Because as he says, I've had this date planned for months. Listen, I'm not in my darkness retreat yet. What? Oh, yesterday. What? Nope. This thing has been planned for about four months, and it was always the same date, always the end of this week. 
Oh. So anybody with knowledge to the opposite of that, it's fake news. Whoa. So Whoa. let me just reiterate one more time. Suck it, Rob. There's an inner circle, right? And in my inner Suck circle, it, Rob, he says. nobody <laughs> talks to Ian Rappaport, oh. to Adam Schefter, what? or to any of those people. Okay? So if you're one of those people who's talking to those people, it's a great reminder for you, you're not in the inner circle. Oh! Damn. That was a hanging on somebody there. Yeah. And if anybody else is out there saying stuff, or if they're just making it up, which is also, those are both likely, um, just stop with the fake news. Okay. So hey, I speak for myself. Yep. And I will continue to do that. I'm not upset about it. Like, it's the okay. classic uh, media, you know, trying to be first, not trying to be right. And the problem is there's a slippery slope. So let me just remind everybody out there listening. When somebody says something, whether it's Ian Rappaport, right. or Adam Schefter, right. okay, Joe Biden, well, all right. Donald <laughs> Trump, <laughs> yeah. all right, what? Anthony Fauci, oh, what? Okay, here we go. Joe Rogan? What? Doc? This uh, podcast is going to get flagged for sure, by the way. Myself? Anybody? Question it. Isn't that literally word for word what I've been saying? Can we just think these things through for a second? You don't even need to question it. There's nothing to question. I mean, he's right. You have to question stuff. You have to think things through. But first of all, don't just add information, right? Roger says he's going on a darkness retreat after the Super Bowl. Oh, he's going Monday. You made that up out of nowhere. But number two, if Ian Rappaport says, um, I don't really know, maybe kind of, sort of, don't say, hey, he said it's going to happen. And Pat McAfee, who's over here going, oh, yeah, you bunch of idiots. He was the one <laughs> that was making these assumptions. And he does that all the time. Like he, he even does it in this interview where it's like he listens to this whole thing and then he's like, okay, so what, Wednesday? And it's like, no, no, stop. No. It's not, like you're not listening. And then I was watching... Uh, the heck is that guy's name? Rich Eisen. And I have audio of it. Maybe we'll play it. I don't know. But Rich Eisen, after this interview, starts talking about what was talked about. And he says, let me tell you, you know, I've been married since whatever. Going on a darkness retreat on Valentine's Day, that'll get you killed. And he, he goes on this big diatribe about going on Valentine's Day. What are you talking about? The entire conversation is about how he's not going until the end of the week. Does nobody freaking listen? I feel like I'm going insane 24 hours a day. So yeah, you do need to question stuff, but we can't even get to the part where we question it because we don't even understand the information because we can't listen to basic information. We've got to have Aaron Rodgers come out and, and clear the air because people don't know what they're talking about. We've had Peter King have to come on the air and say, whoa, 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 I didn't say that. Everybody now has to come out and say, whoa, 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 pump the brakes. What are you talking about? Because we just make crap up. And then... Aaron Rodgers does all this, and people on Twitter are throwing little hissy fits about it. I can't wait till he's gone. Rather than just taking a beating and saying, you know what, yeah, I've been kind of stupid. I guess I was wrong all this time when I was just making crap up. No, they get all pissy about being corrected. He's so stupid. Jets probably won't even want him. Do you think he wants to come on here and do a 30-minute diatribe about how people don't know how to think and don't know how to listen and don't know how to question things? I'm sure he would love to come on here and just talk about all his nonsense. He wants to just come on here and be goofy with his buddies, just saying stupid stuff. But he's got to spend all this time setting the record straight because he's been gone for one week, and this is how stupid it's gotten in one week since the last time he was on the Pat McAfee show. And he's not going to be on, I don't think, the next Pat McAfee show. Well, he might be. He might be. Because if he goes on Friday, it'd be Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then he could do Tuesday potentially. And maybe he planned it that way so he could be on on Tuesday. I don't know. He wouldn't specify what end of the week meant, but it, it doesn't mean Thursday, which means either Friday or Saturday. I don't know. Unless he thinks Sunday is the end of the week. I refuse to believe that. We're kind of turning the corner there and it's like the, I don't know, kind of is, but it's it's not. I don't know. Sunday's a weird day. But it's just, I mean, it, it really just is exhausting, which is why I appreciated him doing this because I feel like he's just well, I, what it is, he listens to the Packernet podcast. That's I, that, I listen to him talk, and I'm like, oh, he, he for sure listens. For sure. He's a huge fan. Rogers, call into Packernet after dark sometime, all right? It's, if it's legitimate, it can stand up to questioning. So question things, and then think about them and contemplate them in your own time. 
it's funny too because people are like, oh, he's being so like, like a hippie, and he's being so. No, th- this isn't hippie. This is this is basic. Like for whatever reason, they don't teach logical thinking in in um, in school. Probably because they don't want you doing logical thinking because that would cause you to question things and figure things out by yourself, which is counterproductive in a system in which they want to teach you what to think and not how to think. However, I think we still could be able to get the basics of logic down and how to rationalize things and figure things out for ourselves instead of just accepting whatever we're told. Come on now, you can be better than this. You're not a freaking robot. Oh, somebody on Twitter was saying that Ian Rappaport said this, and I'm not going to look at it. I'm not going to question. I'm not going to think about it. I'm just going to sit here like a drone and go, smoke this fire. And try and figure out what seems most likely to be true based on your own intuition and feel and... It's the other thing. That's how I know he listens to the show 100%. What is most likely to be true? I say that 50 times an hour. Conglomeration of fact. But no one in my inner circle talks to those people. I don't talk to those people. I don't have their numbers. I've never met them. And listen, I'm doing a darkness retreat later this week. I'm excited about it. I didn't realize how much it would take off. Um, Big. Okay. I, Let me put a, Can I wrap all the, everything you just said up there? Just real yeah, quickly, please. because it matters. Um, whenever you talk about questions, I, mean, I think on Friday we said Aaron Rodgers Tuesday is going to happen. So everybody that watches our show heard us say it. And I'm not saying we're in the inner circle, but like you said that to us that we're going to do it. So like I think there was a lot of people that were questioning it immediately, but a lot of those people potentially don't watch our show. So then whenever Rappaport reports it on it, and by the way, we put him through a series of questioning. AJ, didn't we? AJ, didn't we? Oh, yeah, he knows, but he was standing by his source, so I knew this might be tough. <laughs> well, and shout out to his source who's not in the inner circle. No. Nope. That's a f***ing tough Tuesday, whoever that person was. They thought they were in there. But when Ian Rappaport reported, <laughs> yeah, been out. Didn't f***ing know. See? Get out. But whenever you're talking about it being reported on the league's network on Super Bowl Sunday with all eyes on it, now you got, like, Jets fans' expectations, okay, this guy's answer's coming on Thursday or whatever, and then automatically there's expectations on you. I'm letting this ride because this is exactly right. Because then people start making all these assumptions and doing all these kinds of things, and then Rodgers comes out and corrects it, and no matter what he does, he's wrong, right? He comes out and corrects it, and it's like, oh, you wanted all this drama. You wanted all this stuff to happen. What are you talking about? Everybody just made up this entire universe, and then people are freaking out, and they got all these expectations, and then Rogers is like, nope, that's not it. And it's like, Rogers is so stupid. He can't make up his mind. And all these, all this up and down, I'm so sick of it. He's not creating the up and down. If everybody would shut up and stop making stuff up, there would be no up and down. He's causing nothing. I've never seen a guy just sit still and say nothing and be blamed for all the craziness that everybody else is creating around him. It's uh, it's unbelievable. He just sits there and says nothing. Occasionally says crazy stuff, but that's not even what people focus on. People make up other stuff, and then he's like, no, that's not it. And then it's like, oh, I can't believe he caused all this controversy. Whenever it was a misreporting of a date that something was supposed to happen. So it seems so petty in theory. There's people that'll be like, Aaron's not happy that it was misrepresented. Well, that's because it became mis-expectations from people about an answer on things, and it was being reported by the league, so it's like a super legit thing. So you become heel almost by doing what you were already planning to do for the last four months in that moment. Just a wrap. Right, so in other words, he's the bad guy because all of a sudden expectations change, and it's like, dude, I've had this thing set up for months. I've never said anything other than like at the after the Super Bowl I'm doing this thing. And then everybody else makes things up, and then not only do they make up that he's going to go immediately after, but then there's an expectation of an answer as soon as he emerges, which is expected to be, oh, I don't know, let's see, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So by Friday, he emerges from his tomb. And then by, by let's see, Friday afternoon, maybe Saturday at the latest Tuesday for the Pat McAfee show, I expect an answer. And he's like, I never said that. I never said Monday. I never said that I would give an answer as soon as I came out. He never gave any answer he said he would have some clarity on it, and the, there's an assumption, of course. But the assumption is what we make up. But again, he becomes the bad guy because it's like, oh, here we go. More delays, more nonsense with Roger. It, do, it, it makes no sense.
wrap that all up. I think that's why, uh, for people that don't understand why you're a little bit passionate about that, like that's a real thing that was taking place on the internet. I saw it yesterday because Ian Rappaport said, and Ian Rappaport's a good friend of ours. We like Ian. Ian's this big. He's awesome. Good guy. He, he's good. For, he's been good for us. Now, he's done a lot of I assume breaking news in your life, you have your own relationship with him. We like him. But whenever we said to him, are you sure he's going to be on Aaron Rodgers? He, well, maybe he delayed it. So then I saw Jets fans going, I don't want this fucking, oh no. Not My pickleball ace. racket just fell on the ground there. Anyways, so whenever it's like delayed, you got some people saying, I'm sick of dealing with this guy. Now I got to deal with a delayed this, like it just all adds into. And, and, and listen, that's my problem with the whole thing. It's, I have no problem with Ian Rappaport, Schefter. I think they're really good at their jobs. When it comes to me, they don't know They really don't. They don't have, they don't have inner source. They don't have people in my inner circle who are sources. I can promise you that. And anybody who would talk to them is not in my inner circle. It's that simple. Yeah. So I've had this planned on the books for four months for the same time. And when someone like that goes on and says something that's not true, it creates a story that's bullshit. And it just keeps on going and going and going. And then it's like I'm trying to insert myself into this conversation. No. What did I say? And you and I talked, Pat. Like, we did the show last week. I said, it's, you know, after the Super Bowl, I'm going to go on my darkness retreat. And then I'm, I'm probably going to have a better sense about where I'm at in my life. I didn't say I'm going to my darkness retreat just to figure out if I'm going to play next year or retire. Right? So then that narrative got out there. So how many fucking narratives can come from one... <laughs> Exactly. Like show. And that's the thing. He says five words, and there's 15 made-up stories, and then when he corrects it, it's like, oh, I've had enough of this guy. All the drama surrounding him. He... Oh, my goodness. I understand being sick of the drama, but that's got nothing to do with Rodgers. The guy's just living. He's just breathing. He just says words. Good Lord. Where they didn't even actually listen to what I said, or right. the intent, or the... And this is what I've been screaming about. For what feels like a month, they're not. Nobody freaking listens, and it's not only. And and you can't necessarily blame Ian Rappaport because he did listen. He just listened to a guy that's an idiot, but uh, and is a liar and is probably not going to be much of a source anymore. Um, but uh, he, he, even nobody listens to Ian. Nobody listens. Nobody listens to the words. Nobody listens. Nobody freaking listens. They want this is this is what's really crazy. They do it because they want the drama. Everybody on social media did it because they wanted the drama. They wanted to believe the trade was coming. They wanted all of it. And then when it comes out to be not true, they're like, I'm sick of the drama. No, you're not. You're upset that the drama was fake. You're upset that somebody put a stop to it. You're upset with me for being a wet blanket and ruining your fun little conspiracy theory made up stupid party. That's the real thing. You're not sick of the drama. You need the drama. You thrive on the drama. You want more of it and you don't want people to stop it. You don't like when people tell you that you're stupid and you're making stuff up and you and your buddies get in your little circles and start saying nonsense to each other and believe in it. And then when I come along, you pile up on Twitter like that makes you more right because there's like 70 of you that are all wrong and saying stupid stuff that doesn't make any sense. And then when Rogers comes out or, or Peter King or anybody else comes out and corrects you on basic thinking and reasoning, then it's all pissy mood. But eh, I'm sick of this guy. He's so stupid. Get rid of him. Listen, I want him to go for completely legitimate reasons. But you're just being a little pissant about everything. And it's pathetic. And it's stupid. I swear Twitter is the dumbest place on earth. And again, nothing against Rappaport, but he, he doesn't have anybody who knows legitimately what's going on in my life. Well, okay, we apologize. So say something. We apologize. You say something. Monday through Thursday, I was supposed to be in there. That was never the plan. It hasn't been the plan for four months. So don't make shit up, okay? Like, I don't have your number. You're not going to have my number. You do a great job, but not when it comes to my life, so stop talking about me. All right. Summed up pretty well. And here's the thing. They're not going to stop talking because that's where, that's where the money's at. And, and, and on top of that, a lot of the talking is what? Granted, this is a different situation, but a lot of the talking is what? Jim Bob podcaster says, hey, come on my show. And they're like, all right, cool. They come on the show, and what do they want to talk about? Rodgers. What's the latest on Rodgers? Now, the inappropriate thing is that what they should do is start off the conversation by saying, I don't have any information. However, here's what most people around the league are thinking and saying. But they just have a conversation. They say, here's what I'm hearing around the league, et cetera, et cetera. 
people misconstrue that to believe that somebody that actually knows what's going to happen is giving him information, which is not what he said, not what he meant, and not what makes any sense whatsoever. And then because people don't have the basic reasoning ability or don't want to, and by the way, I think especially Schefter really thrives on people saying that he's in the know. That's why he doesn't do it. He loves this. He loves when people say, what are you hearing? What do you think? You can just tell. He gets so, he gets all, you know, I don't want to be crude, but gets a little excitable. So I guess if we were to uh, wrap this all up in a nice little bow, I don't hate my timeline. I said, I think we would have an answer by the 28th. I think that's fair. Um, If he goes into his darkness retreat on Friday, it's, I believe, maybe I made this up too. I don't know. I thought it was a four day retreat. I'm pretty sure he said that. That would mean, and by the way, again, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you can do this in a lot of different places, but his mentor, I believe, did this in Germany. So it's entirely, he's talking about he planned this trip. I wouldn't be surprised if he planned a trip to Germany to go do this in the same house that uh, this guy did it. Although I don't think, he mentioned the bathroom was in the middle of the room, and this guy's bathroom I don't think was in the middle of the room, but... Whatever, I don't know. He, the point is, it doesn't necessarily mean it's right down the street. I mean, he's, he's taking a trip somewhere, right? There's probably only a few places in the world that um, provide this service. Uh, probably going to be an expanding business now that Rogers is making it popular and what's-his-name made a video that's got a billion views and everything else. Um, but anyways, he's taking a trip, right? So he's gone, he's out of town, and he's going through, let's be honest, a pretty traumatic situation. Let's just say it's Friday. That would be the 17th, the 18th, the 19th, the 20th on a Monday is when he gets to walk out of there. And I don't even know. I mean, if it's four full days, right? So then it would be all day Monday. So he would emerge maybe Tuesday. I don't know. I just can't imagine he's going to walk out and within 24 hours, he's going to do the interview with Pat McAfee. I would guess he's just not going to do it. But even if he does that he's going to have an exact answer. Because even if he's, he comes out and he's like, I think I know what I want to do, he wants he's going to need to talk to the Packers. And he's going to need to sort all that out and, and iron all that out. I don't think we're getting an answer by the 21st. I just don't think that that's going to happen. And if he goes in on Saturday, and it's Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and then he would, either, I don't know if he comes out Tuesday or if he comes out Wednesday or whatever, but we're not getting an answer. But I do think it's reasonable that after this experience, he takes a week to kind of figure it out and talk things over with the Packers and kind of figure that whole thing out. Now, again, the reason I said that is because it was a week earlier than last year. So I just assumed that he'd be a little bit faster. But if it's two weeks later, it's the exact same amount of time he took last time. And maybe that's the timeline he's giving himself is until the 7th. So... Again, I said the 28th, possibly the 7th, because that's when it was last time. I think that's still a fair timeline. I think the 21st is pretty much out of the question, but it's possible. Um, And it doesn't have to be on a Tuesday. I just know that last time it was kind of broken by Pat McAfee on it. But, I mean, if they figured it out on the 24th on a Friday, he could still tell Pat, like, hey, text this out or whatever, and then he would talk about it. And then then he'd come back on Tuesday and have a little chat ski. But... um, All I can say is don't expect anything by the 21st. Once we kind of get through that, I think that's the week that he's going to start to really narrow this down. Again, my expectation is that if I had to pick a date, it would be the 28th. My next best date would be the 7th, but it could be any time in that range um, because, again, it doesn't have to be on a Tuesday. But um, I think it makes the most sense. Because remember, this isn't when he makes his decision. This is when he decides to reveal the information. So they could be talking about this for a week and and working through some stuff, and then Rodgers decides to tell the world or let Pat McAfee tell the world or Greg Jennings or whoever else he plan on plans on, uh, you know, his best friend Greg Jennings maybe lets him break the news. I meant Jones, but, you know, it would be funny if <laughs> Jennings broke it. Jermichael Finley could break the news. I think that's that. Um, It's a little early, but why don't we take a break? And on the other side, I want to talk about some different quarterbacks. Um, And, well, we'll we'll let it be a surprise. Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. If you'd like to use Venmo, Packernet Podcast is my Venmo. Otherwise, please remember to check out Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry. You can find out more about them at FertileGroundRanch.org. If you're um, into giving, uh, doing any monthly giving or anything like that, and you're looking for potential charities that could use some help, 
that would be one that would uh, I'd love for you to investigate and see if it aligns with your values. Again, that's FertileGroundRanch.org. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the program. We're rocking and rolling. All right, so I, I just want to do this one more time. I know nobody on planet Earth, aside from, uh, I guess, me, JJ, and that one guy on PFF want to talk about it. But um, I want to take one more swing at this conversation regarding Anthony Richardson. I was watching a video today, and it's, um, it's, it's eluding me what the video was. I think it was about Bryce Young. I can't exactly remember who they were talking about, but um, I believe it was a form. It was another former backup. All the backup quarterbacks now have YouTube channels where they break down film and they break down quarterbacks. I'm learning. Uh, who the heck was it? He's a really prominent backup too. Not like uh, what's his name that nobody knows. Who's the guy with the long neck? No, it wasn't him. Who the heck was it? I think he played for the Bucks. No, that's Ryan Fitzpatrick. Josh McCown. I think that's what it was. Panthers quarterback Josh Mc, or quarterback's coach Josh McCown. I didn't even know he was a quarterback coach. Scouts Bryce Young. I watched the video. I'm pretty sure that's where it came from. I'm not entirely possible. Anyways, the point is, somebody I watched today said very casually about how. You know, this is the way the league is going. It's guys that can not only throw the ball, but can kill you with their legs. Like, that, that is the future. That's what's going to win in the future moving forward. And I wanted to get into this yesterday um, when I think it was uh, Omar called in and was talking about his legs. Maybe it wasn't Omar. I don't know. But kind of like, where does he fit in terms of that classification? And I thought, you know, I really don't think he's that guy. He's not Bryce Young. He's not Anthony Richardson. He's not um, Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson or whatever. Even though I don't think any of these guys have necessarily found success, I think the 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 fact that, you know, it kind of reminds me of TikTok. And there's another big thing that's blowing up right now that I'm completely obsessed with that uh, will go unnamed for now. But occasionally things will blow up and you just keep hearing it. And most people are just saying how stupid it is. And they're making fun of it. Like, I remember TikTok. So stupid. And it's funny because there's, there's really two kinds of people in the world. Well, there's three kinds of people in the world. Let's use TikTok as an example. There's three types of people. Number one are the people that always go along with the trends. Whatever it is, they want to be cool. They want to do it. You know, whatever. Number two is people that hate the trends. And they say everything's stupid. Ugh, it's stupid. I'm usually that guy. I'm trying to be the third category here. But it's, oh, that's so dumb. Why would it? It's just like kids dancing. Like, it's so stupid. Why would you want to thing where you dance. I don't understand. Then there's the third category of people who recognize that everywhere I turn, I keep hearing about this thing. 
that should spark opportunity. That should tell you that there's something here. I don't understand it, but I don't have to understand it. In fact, I, I need to start understanding it. But the point is, something is every, you ever notice that? Like, I, I keep hearing about this thing. What is this thing? Like, it's so, st- like, go away. And you just keep swatting it away. Like, get out of here. Figure out what it is. Because the people that, and, and, you know, obviously the whole ground floor thing is, you know, you can get on Twitter today and blow up and make a billion dollars, I guess, if you're super talented. But there is something beneficial to being on the ground floor. It's easier to kind of get a following when you're one of the only people on there. And then when it really blows up, you know, when the, when the tide rises, you go up with it rather than getting it now and trying to like wade through billions of other people that already have this whatever. That's how I feel right now with the mobile quarterback thing. I don't get it. I think it's stupid. I don't think it works. I, I don't know if it's ever going to work. I think they're too injury prone. And so I don't know that you're going to get quarterbacks playing until they're 40. And, and now you're talking about, what, do we recycle them? You put them through their rookie contract and then you dump them and get a new one? Like, what, what's the deal here? But it's clearly not going away. And it's clearly the trend moving forward. And, and the point is, I can see it. It's like I said the other day, the first team that figures it out or finds the guy that can actually execute it, whether that be uh, Justin Fields or whoever, that can get a guy that can kill you with their legs and be a prolific passer. I mean, there's, you know, there's, there's guys that are kind of on the edge of it. Like Josh Allen, he, he's an underrated runner. Nobody thinks about him as a runner, but he is. You got like Cam Newton for a year or Lamar did it for a year or whatever. It's clearly a dominant combo. We just haven't seen like a sustained, like Michael Vick would be like the closest thing to having like that sustained threat. Now, you know, he's not going to be on any top 10 quarterback list as far as throwing. I don't know if he'd be in a top 50, but he was clearly good enough. And then when you mix that in with what he could do with his legs, it was scary. But again, I don't want to go down the wrong path and not acknowledge what everybody else is doing. Now, I'm a big Jordan Love fan. We're going to talk about Jordan Love. I think it can work. But I keep going back to what I was thinking before about, you know, what if, what if this is the path? And we kind of figure out how to do it, and it becomes the thing. And the most important thing that you can find is that sort of Justin Fields. You know, the, the guy that is just, he can do everything with his arm, right? You got you to gotta fine-tune it for sure. But he is just a lethal threat with his legs. If that is the way of the future, and those are going to be the teams that dominate, let's just say hypothetically, right? That's going to be the wave of the future. Anthony Richardson's the pick. Now, I don't like him as a thrower at all. I think he's wildly raw and is going to need a ton of work, and there's probably a low probability as compared to a lot of other quarterbacks of him ever figuring that out. But you start talking about his physicality, the fact that he is a bigger and potentially faster version of Justin Fields. Like, he, he's Justin Fields, but bigger than him and fat. Like, it's, that's crazy. And he's got all the arm strength you could ever ask for. The guy's got power. He's got velocity. He can show the accuracy and the touch and all that stuff, even though it's wildly inconsistent, which is the biggest issue with all these quarterbacks, right? It's not about can you make the throw. It's about how consistent can you be making the throws. And that's where he is wildly off. But there's also one of the benefits is his footwork is trash. What happens when you clean up the footwork and timing, which, by the way, Matt LaFleur is that dude. He's all about, you know, I mean, again, with working with Rodgers and everything else, and I don't know if Rodgers is staying and going or whatever, but this is like the place to be if you want to talk about footwork and timing it up with your throws and, and getting your drops and your everything timed up just perfectly. This is the place to be. Now, maybe this is a ridiculous conversation, but the bottom line is the conversation's not going away, and I find myself constantly swatting it away. Like, get just shut up about this constantly with this, you know, this is the wave of the future, the wave of the future. Really, show me one team that's doing it successfully. What's one team? Pat Mahomes is not a mobile quarterback. I mean, he has some mobility, just like Rodgers did, but give me a break if we're going to pretend that he's like a Lamar Jackson. Jalen Hurts, kind of. Maybe a little bit. Like, he's kind of that dude. So maybe you can kind of say that. 49ers? No. Bills? No. Vikings? No. Bengals? No. Jaguars? No. Buccaneers? No. I'm just going through the list of teams in the playoffs. Chargers? No. Cowboys? No. Giants? No. Ravens? Kind of. 
I mean, I guess their backup kind of does it too, and obviously their starter does, even though that guy doesn't play anymore. Seahawks with Geno? Eh. Miami with Tua? No. So it's a tough sell to tell me that this is the wave of the future, because I'm not seeing it rise to the top. I'm talking, again, I mean, Lamar, if he was there and if they were doing well, great. Talking Justin Fields. That team sucks. I'm talking the Arizona Cardinals. They got the number three pick. They suck. So I'm not seeing it successfully being implemented while it's about the team around him. Okay, whatever. Went out and got the guy DeAndre Hopkins and drafted like 17 wide receivers for him. But okay, let's pretend Kyler Murray just doesn't have the help he needs. And Fields, uh, uh, okay. Yeah, he didn't this year, but he's been here before. Pretty sure he had two pretty top wide receivers last year, even though they weren't playing well. But there seems to be a trend of wide receivers underperforming with Fields. It's kind of weird. I don't know. So I, I don't know if I'm buying it, but, but I don't want to just dismiss it because these guys are, I mean, clearly they can see that it's not working, but they won't stop. So there, there, there is a formula in terms of the ability, if somebody can find it and make it work, to be able to attack defenses in a way that defenses will not be able to stop it. And again, yes, there does seem to be these guys kind of every year. I don't know that you're going to find Anthony Richardson's every year. Just, I'm not talking about the throwing whatsoever. I'm strictly talking about his physicality and ability as a runner. Do you take a chance on these types of guys and take swings at them? Because if you can get one to throw, you cannot be stopped. And can you imagine, by the way, not saying this would be a good thing at all, but can you imagine twice a year you'd have Anthony Richardson versus Justin Fields? They're the same guy. They both run for more yards than they pass. It would be the most, I mean, all the media attention would be right back here in Green Bay. Packers-Bears would be the biggest event of the season. It would be the Super Bowl, because that's what everybody wants to see anyways. Go back and watch Anthony Richardson run against LSU when he breaks away with just blinding speed at six foot four. What is he, 250 freaking pounds or something? Or 230? Blinding speed, and then he breaks like six tackles for a touchdown. Guy's just bouncing off of him. All right, check this out. Bear with me for one second. Check this out. You ready? Here's what we're going to do hypothetically here, we trade Rodgers, right? We get the pick 13 from the Jets. Anthony Richardson at 13, Bijan at 15, because somebody said his ceiling is like, or the earliest they could see him going is like 22, which seems crazy to me, but whatever. So I'm going to trust that that's the order it needs to be. And then we, we get, somehow, we trade up, we get rid of that garbage third-round pick, we trade up, and we get Darnell Washington. And we are just the biggest, most physically stupid team we might have to trade Aaron Jones, too. Maybe that's how we get those two second rounds to get up to get Darnell. But we've got our offensive line with one of the biggest, most physical, freakish human beings at quarterback, a big physical freak at running back, a absolute freak among freaks at tight end. So our quarterback is bigger and faster than everybody with a massive arm. Our running back is the one of the more elusive power backs. I was listening to PFF talk about Bijan today, which I should play because everybody's excited about the guy these days. But they were talking about, is, is there ever been a better prospect at running back in the PFF era? And the answer essentially was no. And that includes Saquon Barkley, even though Saquon's probably more of a physical freak. They're saying that uh, Bijan is a better running back prospect for the NFL. And then Darnell Washington, who is probably the best uh, size speed specimen, aside from maybe Kyle Pitts in the entire NFL. And we just bulldoze the crap out of everybody run first team, living on play action. We're booting it out constantly. And if nobody's open, we can run. You cannot freaking stop this. I mean, the teams had a hard time stopping the Bears sometimes. And that team sucks. Their offensive line, their wide receivers, their garbage tight end, that team sucks. You get the Packers doing that. That, that offense, by the way, was orchestrated by the guy the Packers cast away. You think Matt LaFleur couldn't put that together? Give me a break. I'm just saying, it's a gamble. It's a massive gamble, and it's going to be a showdown between Love and Anthony Richardson, but we got a lot of money we're going to be putting in Jordan Love. You draft Anthony Richardson, you decline the fifth-round option on Jordan Love, you let the two battle it out, it, it, you know, and Anthony Richardson's going to win, let's be completely honest, but you could potentially keep Jordan for if you decide a short-term or whatever, I don't know, it doesn't matter. But then when Jordan says, all right, I proved myself, uh, I would like a massive, ridiculous $50 million contract based on my mediocre performance. I'm not saying it's going to be me. I'm just saying hypothetical here. You can very comfortably say, no, thank you. And then Anthony Richardson in his second year takes over. We trade Jordan for a hefty sum because he's a young, somewhat 
seemingly talented quarterback, and teams are more than happy to take that. And so we take the compensation from that. We load up for more weapons for Mr. Anthony Richardson. It's just a thought. And again, it depends on your opinion of certain things. Do you believe this is the wave of the future? I guess another question was, do you think Jordan Love could fit into that? Because again, I'm telling you, he's really not... I mean, if, if we're going to call Jordan Love a mobile quarterback, there aren't very many non-mobile quarterbacks in the NFL. If Jordan Love is mobile, is a rushing quarterback, then Jalen Hurts, Pat, you know, the, the, the Chiefs, the Bills, um, the Bengals, the, uh, the Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence can take off, uh, the Chargers, the Cowboys, the Ravens, the Dolphins, the Seahawks, pretty much everybody has a mobile quarterback with the exception. I mean, we're basically just saying, unless you got a guy that can't move, like Kirk Cousins or something, you have a mobile quarterback. But that's not what I'm talking about, and I don't think that's what that means when people say the league is trending toward mobile quarterbacks. I don't think they're talking about Jordan Love. They're not talking about guys that run a 4.75. They're talking about guys that run a 4.45. And so I guess what I'm saying is I'm putting it to you. If you believe that that is the trend moving forward, then we hitched our, our wagon to the wrong pony, and that doesn't mean he can't thrive. Again, Pat Mahomes doing great. The 49ers do great with everybody. That None of these, I mean, but but even, even think about the 49ers. What did the 49ers do? Unsuccessfully, but what did they do? They drafted Trey Lance. Dude can't throw for crap, went to a small school. He's unpolished, but what can he do? He can run. He can move. He's a big dude that can fly. I know if you Google it, it says four nines, but that's nonsense. Um, he didn't run in the, in the combine, but he told people that he's run a 40 before he clocks in the four fives. And also the GPS tracker clocked him at 21 and a half miles an hour. That's insane. 21 and a half miles an hour for a quarterback. Do you know how many times I look at the uh, GPS data from week to week in the NFL and the, the fastest player from any position on any team is like 20 miles an hour? He clocked 21 and a half. Trey Lance can fly. So even the 49ers, who don't even need anything in particular, and, and interestingly enough, Trey Lance, he's not probably the best throwing prospect, but what did we hear? That he was obsessed. He was on the plane ride next to the GM, and he was drawing up all the crazy stuff that he could do with a guy like Trey Lance. All the things, like his brain was exploding, thinking how exciting it would be to have a guy like Trey Lance. And he's not talking about throwing. He has nothing, there's nothing to do with it. He's talking about stuff he can do with a mobile quarterback. And by mobile, I'm talking about a guy that runs a, a four or five flat or something, which is fast for a quarterback. Fields was like a four, four, five. Apparently, um, the ex- expected 40 time for Richardson is four, four, four. But again, it's going to be Justin Fields. It's Justin Fields speed. And that's one of the fastest in football right now. There's Lamar and Lamar is an absolute freak, obviously running in the four threes, but that's the point. That's the whole thing. Get a guy that can run a 4-3, a 4-4, or a low 4-5 or something that can just really move. Preferably a big dude, which is also part of the reason I'm really skeptical about Bryce Young. He's one of the smallest quarterback prospects you're going to find sub-200 pounds at 5'10", and you're going to tell this guy to run around? Well, what about Kyler Murray? Dude is 200 and he's almost 210. He's like 20 pounds heavier than uh, Kyler Murray. Is like 20 pounds heavier than Bryce Young. Think about that. People make all these jokes. I mean, he is five, they're both 5'10", but they make all these jokes about Kyler being small. Bryce Young is like 20 pounds lighter. There's already injury concerns about guys that move around, and if you take the mobility away and say, oh, I'm not worried about his mobility, he's a great thrower, well, then you're, you're cutting what makes him appealing in half. Now he's just a tiny thrower. And by the way, injuries still happen in the pocket, so that's still a concern. Maybe he can beef up to 200 pounds. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. He's still unbelievably small, and small means prone to injury. Prone is probably the wrong word. Susceptible. More susceptible would be a better way to say that. So it's just something to think about. You feel free to call into uh, the uh, Packernet After Dark and let me know your thoughts on that, by the way. 608-501-0718. But now that I've done that, I want to kind of go through and brag on uh, Jordan Love a little bit because now that I've completely disrespected him, I might as well do that. And the reason this came up, and it was on, I think, the same call from Omar, um, it kind of, again, it got me thinking two things as far as his, how he's categorized or, or how you would, what would be a good comp for him? And I, I teased that Pat Mahomes is, is somewhat of a comp. And I said that it's, it's kind of unfair because Pat Mahomes is such a high-level player, but in terms of style, it really does make a lot of sense. And so then I did some digging just to see has anybody made similar comparisons. And again, because we are so completely biased in our thinking, which is 
kind of drawn down or 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 minimized to garbage pick, garbage college prospect, garbage stats, um, and he's had garbage preseasons, and just everything is garbage about Jordan Love. I mean, the guy was basically a seventh round castaway um, if he's lucky that the Packers stupidly traded up in the first round for, but everybody hated the pick and everybody hated the prospect. And that's not entirely true. It's not true at all. In fact, here are a couple headlines for you. USA Today article written by Michael Midhurst Schwartz. Jordan loves Patrick Mahomes like potential is tantalizing for NFL teams. Tad Hazlop of Sporting News wrote why Jordan Love is this year's Pat Mahomes in the 2020 NFL draft. Sam Fortier of the Washington Post said Jordan Love is ready to take his shot at being the next Pat Mahomes. Pro Football Network's Ian Cummings, my man. Jordan Love, the next Pat Mahomes or just another quarterback? ESPN Rob's Domofsky, presumably after the draft pick. Jordan Love's Pat Mahomes-like talent impresses the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Therese Paler, Yahoo Sports, wrote, Jordan Love looks like Packers' next Pat Mahomes only without the hype. Sean Wagner of CBS Sports, why Jordan Love could be the next Pat Mahomes. Brad Weiss of Fansided, I might have read some of these yesterday. uh, yesterday. Is Jordan Love really the next Pat Mahomes? For those of you who are saying that nobody thought Jordan Love was a first-round pick, this is Scott Davis of Business Insider. Jordan Love has Pat Mahomes-like upside, which could make him a top-10 pick. Now listen, I know that this stuff gets thrown around constantly. I get that. Right, every prospect is compared to the best prospects. PFF doesn't do that; they're actually completely unflattering. When I went through some of the PFF stuff, I left some of the comps out, like Bijan Robinson, because it's like, oh, I don't want him. That's a garbage comp. I forget who they compared him to, but it's like, oh, that's just ridiculous. I mean, I shouldn't say ridiculous, but it's certainly not as flattering. I mean, you're thinking like, if it's not Adrian Peterson, I don't want him. But generally, this stuff is is way too flippant. But the point is, what is the mold? of Jordan Love. And this was the conversation, and we don't want to have the... And I don't understand as Packer fans, and I said this before, if anybody's going to be irrational about how much we love Jordan Love, we should be the ones to do it. But if we need a little bit of help, let's continue. If those titles didn't get you enough, let's hear from... uh, Who do we got here? Todd McShay? See what he had to say about Jordan Love. I think Jordan Love is more of today's NFL quarterback. I think he has the quick twitch. I think he's capable of going through his progressions faster. I think he gets the ball out quicker. And he he has the arm. I mean, Herbert has a little bit of a stronger arm, but it's not significant. And I think arm strength is overrated. So to me, Jordan Love is the third best quarterback, and everyone's talking about Herbert. But I think that narrative will change over the next couple of months. So, again, because I've had this discussion with people who told me that nobody liked Jordan Love. Nobody said Jordan Love was a good quarterback. Nobody liked him. He wasn't a first-round prospect. This is Todd McShay, who, um, now that what's-his-name took the job or used to take the job with the Raiders, he is probably the top draft guy out there. He is one of the top in terms of like actual, not like some fake, phony guy that puts their name out there. Like legitimate, plugged-in, actual scouting ability, et cetera, et cetera, at or near the top of the list is saying he's the third best quarterback in this class ahead of Justin Herbert. And um, people are going to start to recognize that. Todd Mishay, at some point in time in the future, you and I need to have a separate discussion about how you think arm strength is overrated with the speed that's on the defensive side of the ball with those athletes. I don't understand how the hell you could say that. We'll discuss that some other time. But I want to get back to Jordan Love. I can't wait. Um, I heard you talking about him on I heard you talking about him on Sports Center uh, last night, and I'm very intrigued by this. I looked at his numbers: 17 interceptions, just 20 touchdowns, mm-hmm. only completing 61.9% of his passes. Just to explain, the bad to, stats everyone talks about. Why you're so high on this guy? You called them the third best quarterback go in back the draft and, behind Burrow and Tua. Yeah. Go back and study 2018 when he had his his uh, his offensive coordinator. He had his head coach. He had his quarterback coach, and he had nine starters that departed. Nine guys left that offense from 2018 to 2019, and he decided to come back. And he came back because he wanted to continue to develop. You could argue that he didn't develop, and I get it. But if you if you know anything about Jordan Love, this guy loves the game. He's instinctive. He's 
He's the type of player that in today's NFL that works. He can get the ball out quickly. He can throw the ball off platform. By the way, that's exactly, again, this isn't the modern NFL in terms of what people call it today with the mobile quarterbacks. But what, what I loved about Jordan Love is he fit what my understanding of the Matt LaFleur offense was. And this is what he's talking about, the Shanahan, LaFleur offense, this whole West Coast get the ball out quickly type of stuff. He's that dude. He gets the ball out quick. And it's accurate. And you know what? That's what we saw when we watched that Eagles game and everybody said he looked good. He didn't look good like Aaron Rodgers or Pat Mahomes good. He looked good like a guy that can run an efficient Matt LaFleur offense. That's what he looked like. He can change his arm angles. And if you, like, if you really study quarterbacks in the NFL, you watch the game, Stephen A., Every Sunday, when you watch quarterbacks, it's not a three-step drop and out. It's three-step drop, a guy in my face, and I've got to put it on the side. Or I can't step into my throw. There's 50% of throws for starting quarterbacks in terms of inside the pocket that they have to make in the NFL that are not follow-through throws, if you will. And that's why I think Jordan Love has a chance to succeed. That's why I think Tua is a perfect fit in the NFL if he can be healthy. And Joe Burrow, what he does inside the pocket, is a perfect fit as well. And by the way, he's right about all that. There's a lot of consternation about Tua, but he graded out phenomenally this year, as did Herbert, not as well as Jordan Love and the rest of these guys. But, um, yeah, th th those guys and Jalen Hurts, by the way, were uh, all graded out extremely well this year. But he's saying that he believes Jordan Love is better, which, again, very, very, very small sample size, but technically he did grade out better than Herbert. So the, in my opinion, those are the three best quarterbacks, whereas Herbert, he needs a clean pocket. He needs to be able to take that long delivery, and he needs to step through and follow through in his throw in order to be successful. Who is, because, you know, we see Tua we go. being compared to a left-handed Drew Brees and, and, and Burrow, although I mm -hmm. don't think there's an obvious comparison. People are very familiar Sorry, it's so with quiet, by the way. at this point um, because of the title game and all that. Who would you say is Jordan Love's best comp in the NFL at quarterback? <sighs> I, I'm going to get in trouble for this, but I'm going to say it because multiple people in the league have talked about it, and I, and I understand the comparison. Multiple people have, have to, talked about it. You have to listen to what I say versus just the name that I've been saying. Patrick Mahomes is a comparison only because they work off of instinct and because they, they're able to adjust, and they don't care about working reps in terms of getting a ball out here, here, and here. They, they just do it instinctively and naturally. And so I think that's the comparison. I'm not saying that he's going to be Mahomes. Nobody is Mahomes. I'm just saying he's that kind of player where you kind of break the rules. And when, when Mahomes was coming out of Texas Tech, I remember watching him saying, ugh, the, the mechanics are horrible. He makes bad decisions, but the ball winds up in the... That's another thing. Everybody talks about Mahomes like everybody knew he was going to be great. That's not true. There's a reason he went as far as he did, and, and, and there was a team that traded up in the first to get him after multiple quarterbacks already went, and that happened to be the Kansas City Chiefs. They traded up to get, I think, what, the third quarterback in that draft class? I know Trubisky went, and then uh, Deshaun Watson went, and then I think it was Pat Mahomes. Now, he went higher than Love, but again, it was for a reason. He's a high upside guy that needed some time to work through a lot of mechanical issues perfect spot at the at the end of the throw and I you see a lot of the same stuff from love he's not as gifted physically nobody is but he has a lot of those same qualities in terms of just creating and extending plays and being able to throw from any platform so again wow. thank you very much again what's it what's it gonna take what do we need to get excited about the guy what 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 more do you want Tyler Conway of Bleacher Report um says, it's never good to be called a poor man's version of anything in sports. That said, when it comes to being a poor man's Pat Mahomes, that comparison might get Jordan Love taken in the first round of the 2020 NFL draft. Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated reported that there's been speculation the Miami Dolphins could take an offensive tackle at five overall with plans to wait for Love to be available at number 18. The Love-Mahomes comp has reportedly been thrown around by the Dolphins' front office. So there was speculation the Dolphins would take him at 18 because they think he'll be available. Then they do a side-by-side -side comparison. Mahomes is 6'2", Jordan Love is 6'4". Uh, Mahomes, 225, Love is 224. Arms, 33 and a quarter. Arms, 32 and 5 eighths. Hands, Jordan Love is bigger, 40 times. Mahomes, 4'8", Love, 4'7", 4". 
Vert, 30 inches. Love, 35 and a half. Broad jump, 114. Love, 118. Three cone, 688. Love, 721. Shuttle, 408. Shuttle, 452. Says, from a physical standpoint, you can see the comp. Mahomes is slightly shorter with smaller hands, but is a far superior in the fast twitch athleticism drills. So far, the poor man's Mahomes label seems to be somewhat fitting. Let's continue the comparison. Mahomes threw for 11,000 yards. Uh, Love threw for 8,600 yards. Uh, 93 touchdowns compared to 60. Rushing touchdown, 22 compared to 9. Interceptions, they both had 29. Completion percentage was 63.5 compared to 61.5. Attempts, Mahomes had more yards per attempt, 8.3 compared to 7.6. So they're saying that, you know, it's kind of there. It's kind of not from a statistical standpoint, but they went to different places. But again, the stats are not glowing for Mahomes, just like they're not for Jordan Love. And so just as a reminder for everybody, because especially for Packer fans, because most of us were not thinking about paying attention to anything going on with Jordan Love. We didn't care. We weren't a team looking for a quarterback, at least so we thought. And so for most of us, we wait until the Jordan Love pick, and then we get all the information, and all we're hearing is what a garbage pick, because nobody liked that the Packers took him. But if Miami would have taken him at 18, it would have been much more positive, even though it was a earlier pick, because the pick made sense. It's not about good quarterback. And yes, there were some people that didn't like Jordan. PFF didn't like Jordan Love. They had him ranked in the 70s. They also didn't like Justin Herbert, though, for, for the record. Here's Jordan Love on uh, with Bucky Brooks. And again, it's, it's not that insightful of an interview, but they talk about how he's been compared to Pat Mahomes. Like, it's just, it's common knowledge. It's not even discussed like, hey, have you heard? It's just everybody knows, so let's talk about it. There have been some comparisons made between you and Patrick Mahomes. When you've seen Patrick Mahomes, is there any little bit of his game that might be in your game? Yeah, I mean, I just literally got like Patrick Mahomes. I mean, crazy arm strength, you know, crazy, you know, just ability to throw the ball, you know, different angles, stuff like that. I think I have that, um, you know, that's where I see similarities and, uh, you know, just, you know, make plays, you know. Um, like I said, throwing it, you know, sidearm, you know, throwing crazy deep passes. By the way, go find this video or this, yeah, this video on NFL.com. It's called Jordan Love on Pat Mahomes Comparisons, Mobile Quarterbacks, Move the Sticks, whatever. It's probably on YouTube, too. But as he's talking, they're showing the side-by-side comparisons of throws Pat Mahomes has made in the NFL and the throws Jordan Love has made in college. And again, this is why people who claim they went back and watched Jordan Love's college tape and said he was garbage didn't actually watch his college tape. Now, I mean, you may come to the conclusion that you didn't like him. That's fine. But saying that the guy just didn't play well and didn't really make any plays or anything. All you did was look at his stats and complain. Because you look at some of this stuff, and it's it's jaw-dropping. Just being able to make plays, I mean, that's where I think you can compare us, and uh, I feel like that, you know, I'm comparable to him in that aspect. Well, the first tape that I watched studying over the summer was watching you against Michigan State. It's Daniel Jeremiah. So Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks also up there in the upper echelon of guys that are legit and not just playing draft scout. Now, you have a throw in that game that's as good as anybody's had in this entire draft. That's one of the best throws that I've ever seen against Michigan State, one down the field. Um, can, can you recall, A, what the play call was, what you saw, and, and how you executed on that one? Which play are you talking about? That's a deep one. I want to say you were rolling, rolling to, that. To, the to the left. Okay, rolling yeah, to the yeah. left and throwing to the left. I was. Yeah, I mean, um, the play, it was 69 posts. So, I mean, I had my post wheel uh, from the outside shears. I had a stick route from uh, number three. Uh, so I got off that, you know, um, in, you know, beat the tackle inside, so I had to get out the pocket, started rolling, saw my wheel downfield, you know, kind of just threw a sidearm, um, uh, ended up not, not being able to complete the catch. Um, yeah. Uh, the National <clears throat> Football League is... By the way, the ability to recall like that, I, I, I think that's... There's a reason why teams do this, and there's a reason why guys like Daniel Jeremiah do that, and the reason he was vague, because he wanted to see how much he could recall, because that's really important for quarterbacks. As much as people want to downplay you know, the uh, intelligence tests and all that kind of stuff, it's really important because it's a very um, heady position. I mean, NFL in general is heady, but the ability to recall these kinds of things and and have those kinds of strong memories, I think is a big part of the reason why guys like Aaron Rodgers are so successful. Obviously, you have the the physical and and, uh, arm talent and all that kind of stuff, but um, in order to have the full package, I think you need to be able to have that. So, that is a baseline, I think, prerequisite for a lot of these guys is, hey, I saw a throw against Michigan State. What happened? And for him to say, you know, 
here was the play. Here's what happened. The defensive end beat the tackle, so I had to break the pocket. And, you know, he replicated the arm motion that he made and all that stuff. Like, he remembers the exact play call, the exact situation, who broke the, 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 forced him to break the pocket and all that stuff, the complete recall. And again, that's the reason he did that. That was the, the specific reason for that. It was a test to see if he could do it. Undergoing an evolution at the quarterback position. We're seeing more guys with athleticism and these traits where they can run it. Looking at your background, you played basketball, you dabbled in gymnastics when you were little. How would those other sports help you be a better player than that? Yeah, I think it all ties into, you know, I mean, your athletic ability, you know, just the more you can do, uh, the better you're going to be, you know. Um, they have different elements, you know, to being a leader in different areas of sports. Um, you know, some are individual sports, some are team sports, you know, you just got to learn. Um, but I think, you know, the more sports you can play, the more, you know, of an athlete you can be, the more, you know, diverse you can be. So. Hold up, man. I, gymnastics, I got to know more about gymnastics. <laughs> what? I'm not going to lie, man. Gymnastics are hardcore. I don't know how that translates to being a quarterback necessarily, but dude, gymnastics, that's freaking, that stuff is wild. Tell me, like, what, what, like, is this like I can do like a cartwheel, a somersault, or is this like, are we talking like back handsprings? Like, what are we talking about? No, this is when I was real little. Um, My sister, she was really, my little sister, she was really good at gymnastics. So, um, you know, my mom, she was like, you know what, put you in gymnastics. A little bit, so I yeah. tried it for a year. Um, definitely not something that. Uh, okay, so we're gonna be oversell this. I, I, yeah, I, think, I, Mary, I think I got Mary Lou Retton over here, no, and, like, and it's just you doing a somersault as a four-year-old. They tried to put me in the in the splits, and I couldn't do it. And I was like, you know, this is this is the breaking point for me. Tried it. A lot of times you go back through and look at guys you got right or guys you got wrong. A lot of times. Kids haven't been through any adversity at the college level, even on the field, off the field. The first time that hits in, in the NFL level, they don't know how to handle it. You've had tremendous adversity off the field. Um, how were you able to get through some of those difficult moments? Yeah, I mean, I've had, like, look at my life, I've had a lot of adversity in my life. Um, obviously, my dad passing away when I was 14. That was, you know, that was the biggest step of adversity that I had to face and, um, you know, handle that. And the way I look at it, I mean, I can handle that. I can handle anything else. Um, nothing's going to be as hard as that was. So, um, you know, all these other things, are, they're, they're minor things. Um, so, um, yeah, like I said, I, I can handle adversity. It's something that, you know, um, I, don't, I wouldn't want to happen. But, you know, if that situation comes about, I can handle it. Yeah, so all the things that you guys are describing, just in listening to the conversation, it speaks to a gunslinger's mentality. And gunslingers are ones who are fearless, they're courageous, they continue to throw in the tight windows regardless of turnovers and the like. How do you make... You got to watch this video. <laughs> I'm going to go to YouTube as soon as this is done and watch Jordan Love highlights, and that's how I'm going to spend the rest of my night. Maintain that aggressive mentality, even if you've had some mistakes early in the game. Yeah, um, so yeah, I mean, being a gunslinger, you know, um, especially going off this year, I know a lot of mistakes. Um, but, you know, you just got to be able to, you know, stay confident and, you know, that I can make the throws. Um. Ah, all right, whatever. It, it's glitching on me and we don't need to. Listen, the, the, the biggest reason I, I was thinking about stopping it, but I wanted to play it through the adversity part and everything else because, I don't know, it's, it's, it's really strange because we've had this guy on our team for so long and it feels like it's just become like this punchline, you know? Jordan Love is a punchline. Jordan Love is this mistake that happened. Jordan Love is this thing that, you know, there's a 1% chance that he becomes any good, but it's really just this, this black mark on, on Gutekunst's track record and, and a reason to laugh at the Packers and be mad at Gutekunst and argue about Jordan Love versus Aaron Rodgers. But, you know, I mean, do, do we even know this guy? He's done interviews. There's a lot of information about him. We know every little detail about Aaron Rodgers. This is the guy we're talking about as you know, potentially this year going to be QB1. And if not this year, then next year, whatever. But don't we want to know about the guy? His personality, his sense of humor, his play style, the gunslinger mentality, that he's kind of a Pat Mahomesy guy, but he's got that gunslinger like I do. You know, he's, he's going to force some pass. He's kind of a Brett Favre guy. He's going to force some passes because he believes I can make that. I can squeeze it in there. And usually he does. Sometimes it comes up a pick, but he's an exciting guy. Can you, can you imagine like a blend of Mahomes and Favre? The good and the bad? <laughs> The adversity he's gone through, his childhood, siblings, parents. It's a big deal, man, to be a, a Packers quarterback. It's not like a lot of other teams where you're disposable and we don't really care. We'll, we'll show up on Sunday and, you know, no, you're coming over for Sunday dinner and we're going to get to know you a little bit, Jordan. We don't know the guy. We don't know anything about him. We, we, we got our heels dug in on, I believe he can be great. 
and I want Jordan Love or the guy's a bust and and we never should have drafted him. We should have had T. Higgins. I was like, that's that's it. It's crazy. It's Packers quarterback. First round. Traded up for him. Coach is obsessed with him. Said he's a perfect fit. Lots of big time guys are out there saying this guy's kind of a a, a discounted Pat Mahomes. And by the way, if Pat Mahomes was in college at the time, they would be compared to each other. It wouldn't be poor man's Pat Mahomes. It would be Pat Mahomes. And some people probably say Jordan Love is better than Pat Mahomes because nobody had seen what he would do in the NFL. So it's it's a little bit unfair at the same time. Anyways, we're going to end with this just because, again, we tend to forget. Here's some of the commentary from uh, Jordan Love playing against the Eagles. Safety Marcus Epps was closing. How good was that throw? And that's the old cover two shot in the hole, and it was perfect. Back shoulder. Jones just doesn't make the catch, but you can't throw it better than that. Head of where he was left. <laughs> a little tongue waggle there. Why not? Michael Jordan used to do a little bit of that. But he has been, as far as the throws, perfect on everyone so far. You guys have yourselves a fantastic night. I will talk to you tomorrow or tonight. Have a good one. Bye-bye.